It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. My name is John Schmelk, joined by Jeff Fiegel. is a phone number for you, and we'll get to your calls in about 10, 15 minutes. It's 201-939-4513 or hashtag Giants Chat. If you want to get in touch with us there, you certainly can as well. We continue our look at prospects around the league coming out in the 2022 NFL Draft. And we'll go out to the West Coast and say hello to Ben Bolch, who covers UCLA for the L.A. Times. Ben, you got John Schmelk and Jeff Eagles here in East Rutherford, New Jersey, in the Giants facility. How are you today, man? I'm good. I'm not too far away from you guys. I'm over here in Philly with the uh, basketball team. Oh, oh very perfect. good. All right, good. You guys, have had, you guys have had a nice little run here, and we'll, and we'll give you a little break from the basketball, talk a little football real quick here, Ben. And I want to start with Greg Dulcich, your tight end. I watched him this morning. And he seems to be a real lanky, tall guy that if you're looking for a guy that can stretch the seam uh, in the NFL, he might be your guy to draft. Yeah, he's a great story. Started out as a walk-on uh, receiver for UCLA, got put on scholarship because he was so productive and so good, and has really developed into uh, a really, really fine prospect. So I think he's going to have a very solid career in the NFL. He can catch the ball. He can run. He's fast. You know, initially he's a receiver, so he's got that speed from, from being a wide receiver. Uh, the one question with him is blocking. Uh, that was an issue at UCLA. He got a lot of holding penalties. Uh, but other than that, uh, he's in great shape. Uh, has a lot of tools uh, to break the position, and, and I really like his upside. You know, uh Ben, again, thank you for joining us. This is Jeff Eagles. I, uh, you know, you're looking at him and you're looking at the the tight end market, if you will, for the draft. It's not a very real deep market this year. So, I, from what I've been reading, you know, he has a chance to kind of run up the board um, with some of his measurables and things like that. Where do you see his? Uh, one, two things. Number one, what is his greatest asset? Um, and the other thing is, is what is something he's going to have to probably, obviously, cut down to penalties, as you mentioned. But going into the NFL, some of the things that he needs to work on. Yeah, I mean, he has just a lot of high-end skills with the route running. I mean, the thing that shocked me the most was how open he would get, uh, knowing that going into the game that uh, the other defense was making him a focal point of what they want to do. But I, every time I looked down the field, he was wide open. Um, and and that, that's just uh, a credit not only to the scheme that Usley ran, ran, but his ability to get open. Uh, and he's got great hands, can make catches in tight spaces, um, and you know, I mentioned his speed. Uh, and the, the thing that I would, you know, I mentioned the uh, the blocking. He got a lot of holding penalties mm-hmm. and was not known as a great blocker. So those are those would be the two areas if I was looking at him that I would focus on and say, you know, there's obvious room for improvement here. What do you think you can do? And he's a really bright young man, so I know that he knows that these are areas he has to work on. And, He's come so far, as I mentioned, he was a former walk-on. Um, so I have no doubt that he can, he can uh, make some strides in those and become a complete player. You, know, you mentioned he was a wide receiver. Do you think he has the mentality and the want and the willingness to block? Or is he one of these guys where, where that's going to have to be drawn out of him a little bit by a, by a coach at the NFL level? 
Yeah, I think it's just a matter of, you know, he grew up as a receiver and just hasn't had the reps and experience doing it enough. And I think that he's physical enough to do it. I think it's just a matter of getting him in the mode and the mindset to do it. And, you know, I think maybe it's one of those things where we look back in two or three years and we're like, wow, I can't believe that was ever an issue because he's so good now. He's a quick learner and very smart. So I think both those things will play into him uh, fixing that issue. We'll stick a little bit on the offense. Um, I want to move to probably the, I guess, the highest-rated prospect with this year's draft would be uh, offensive lineman Sean Ryan. I know he played tackle. I, I, you know, is he kind of one of those guys that could move inside to a uh, a guard possibly? Uh, I know that just looking at him on film and trying to, you know, critique him a little bit, I see he's very athletic, very well-rounded, kind of an explosive in his in his sets, um, fluid, and and really a, a tough offensive line prospect going into this draft. Yeah, you know, I, I've read a lot of the same things, and I, I must concede, you know, I don't do a lot of, uh, as far as measuring what the what the NFL would want a guy for versus what he thrives at in, in college. But mm-hmm. at, at UCLA, he was a phenomenal tackle who started at the position from day one, uh, was a prototypical Chip Kelly player, and that he was all about football and studying was like really business-like. In fact, one of the things I remember the most about him was uh, they said, what are you going to do to celebrate uh, after he signed his letter of intent with UCLA? He said, he's going to go lift some weights. So uh, all he cared about was getting better at football, and uh, man, he was really good. Uh, great uh, great strength, great size, uh, you know, only got beat a handful of times that I can remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly, yeah, I know that the NFL guys, from what I've read, have, have projected him as more of a guard. I think that he could make that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be another guy like like with uh, Greg Dulcich, who I think is going to have a very long, uh, productive NFL career. Yeah, I watched him this morning. Um, and Ben, again, we're joined by Ben Bolt from the LA Times, covers UCLA football. And he just has what looks like that thickness of a it's, guard. He like, has it. <laughs> he's got thick legs. He's got wide shoulders, a wide frame. Yeah. And based on what I looked at today, would, would you consider his strength to be run blocking at, at this point in his career um, when you kind of evaluate where his strengths and weaknesses are? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that he, uh, you know, and UCLA is, was a very – yeah, they like to be as balanced as possible, but let's let's say Chip Kelly's offense uh, is, is spread to to run uh, typically. So yeah, I think that that's where he thrived in the most, and um, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, if if, if he had some some off plays, it, it normally did come in, in passing down situations um, where you know sometimes his uh, his lateral quickness wasn't quite there where it could have been um, on some of the edge rushers, but. Um, I, I think that uh, you know that move to, to the bar that's been talked about a lot really could be uh, the home for him. You know, given that he's been a three-year starting left tackle, uh, was he one of those like four or five-star recruits, or is he somebody that kind of worked his way up like Dulcich did? Oh no, he was uh, probably the highest-rated recruit uh, of the uh, Chip Kelly era so far at UCLA. Okay. He was a high four-star, very widely regarded coming out of high school. Everybody knew this guy was going to be. A star, and he was started from day one. So he he's never disappointed. 
Yeah, that's uh, you know he's got he's NFL ready, as I guess we would call it, right? I mean, a guy that really can just kind of step in and and uh, hold his own about a lot of different people. A um, couple guys, you know, on the offensive side still. Kyle Phillips, a wide receiver, um, you know, a guy that I can see here from his statistics more in the special teams area. Uh, 496, almost 500 yards and a couple touchdowns. Um, he he did well at the Senior Bowl and things like that. Or actually, was he at the Senior Bowl or was he at the East West Shrine Game? I can't. I don't know. My notes say both. That's not right, right? I mean, he he if he did really well at the Shrine Bowl, he could have been elevated to the Senior oh, Bowl okay. too. Oh, okay. So, possible. um, but talk a little bit about Kyle Phillips and you know where you think that he's uh sets up in the National Football League going forward. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of these guys that I think is going to surprise a lot of people. I think that he's really. You know, some people talk about his size. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's got a huge heart, and he is really gritty. Probably, I, I think I called him pound for pound, the toughest player on UCLA's team. He just mm. really uh, perseveres, and, and, you know, you you, you underestimate uh, him just looking at the guy, but he's really fast, really physical, great hands. Uh, I don't remember him ever dropping a pass. Um, and, and like Dulcich, he, he has a knack for getting open and, and runs great routes. And he, uh, you mentioned special teams, he's a phenomenal punt returner for UCLA. I remember one he had in their great comeback against Washington State where they were down uh, like 30-something points, and he just was zigzagging all over the field and really sparked that comeback. So um, he, he's a special player, and I think, uh, you know, I sound like a, a little bit of a PR man for UCLA right now, but I think that <laughs> That's he okay. really is. <laughs> he really is. I, I mean, if I if I had a, a good spot for him, uh, I would want him on my team. You know, it's, it's funny. I, when I watch Kyle this morning, when he's running in a straight line, Ben, like, all right, he doesn't create a lot of separation. But when you get him in that slot in space and he has a two-way goal left and right, he's very elusive at the top of that route. He gets open all the time. I mean, he just screams. I, I'm not sure how much you watch the NFL, but he looks like Cole Beasley to me, who's the slot mm-hmm. receiver for Dallas and then mm-hmm. Buffalo where he's just able to use his route running. I think he's quicker than he is fast, and that's how he mm-hmm. kind of gets open, right? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and uh, you know, as I mentioned, with, with, with looking up and seeing Greg Dulcich open, it was the same thing with Kyle Phillips. And the thing that with Kyle, I would often see him uh, open in the back of the end zone, and uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback, would just zip it to him in there. And I'm like, how could you leave that guy open in the end zone for a touchdown? Like, we saw it over and over again. Uh, so I think that that kind of dovetails with what you're talking about is his uh, crafty elusiveness and quickness in getting open. All right, so I'm going to move to the defensive side of the ball, and you can stop me if I get this wrong, but I'll give it a shot. You want me to try it? No, no, I got it. <laughs> Otito Agbania? Uh, Agbonia, but very close. Ah, Agbonia. Agbonia. Okay. All right, close All right. enough. I watched him in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. I thought he had some yeah. really good moments, to be honest with you. What are you getting with him? Is he like a big plugger in the middle of the line? Is he Strong. more of an athletic guy? How would you evaluate what you're getting in him? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, he's uh, he was a big cog in there uh, when they, when when they uh, Chip Kelly first came. They were running a three four, and so you need those those big kind of space eaters up front on the D line, and he certainly filled that bill. Um, he's a uh, He's a multi-sport athlete. He's a world-class shot putter, which I always find interesting when, when guys uh, mm-hmm. do multiple sports like he does. Um, but just a really, really smart guy. And, and the uh, one of the things, we wrote a, a really nice feature story on him, one of my coworkers. He's a world-class chef as well. So, wow. Uh, when you, <laughs> I see him on I, when you mix those things. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's a really interesting uh, uh, person when you when you have three things you can do at a world class level like he can. But uh, you know, I know that you know he's the football is what we're talking about, and 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 he's uh, he's elite at that. Um, clearly, probably the best defensive prospect uh, among the current uh, UCLA team. Yeah, I see here that he's uh, a shot putter and a weightlifter. 440-pound bench, and he squats almost 700 pounds. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess that's a little bit of world-class, too. Um, on the uh, the backfield and the uh, defense on Quentin Lake, uh, he's a guy that I know he did not play a lot in college, but you know he was there for five years. Talk a little bit about Quentin and how he can elevate to the next level. Yeah, he just has a nose for the ball. Um, I would. Uh, he had a huge play at the end of multiple games where you know the ball was in the air and the game was hanging in the balance, and he would tend to to make the play and, and get there, close and, and knock the ball away or intercept it. Um, and you know he's got the NFL ped- pedigree with his mm-hmm. uh, father, Carnell Lake, uh, the all, oh, all okay. pro with Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers. So uh, you know that's that's a nice X factor if you're evaluating him that you know he's got that bloodline and i know his dad's been instrumental in um you know teaching and coaching him and that's that's always a plus right i mean when you have that kind of instinct built in built in you and he he had a he probably didn't get enough credit he was a phenomenal safety for ucla had some injuries uh missed some games i think he had a concussion at one point uh and was out but um, he he really was kind of the linchpin of the secondary for sure, and a very quality player that uh, you know I think uh, uh, could play for sure in the NFL. You know, Ben, as you know, safeties come in all shapes and sizes. Is he more of a around the line of scrimmage type of safety, or is he more of a deep center field type of safety, or did he do both? A little bit of both, but I, I think he's better in the deep center field role. As I mentioned, there were plays when we lost him. I want to try to get him back up there, Pearson. He never called back. That's interesting. Remember Carnell Lake? Of course I remember Carnell, Carnell Lake from the right? Steelers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he was on player. those like Neil O'Donnell Steeler right. teams, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, huh? absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, was it the Cordell Stewart Steeler teams? Um, you would know better than me. I mean, he wasn't on your team. So you no, he was. Him, I but. think it was Cordell Stewart. Uh, he was because Cordell Stewart was before. Um, oh, no, it was Neil O'Donnell. He played from 89 to 99. 89 to 99. Yeah, wow. or 2001, actually, technically. That's a great career. Yeah, but you know, Carnell Lake was a really good player. Sorry, Ben. Uh, we lost you there right as you were talking about um, what he did when he played center field. Yeah, uh, uh, really closing the gap and, and getting in at the last second to knock the ball away. So, yeah, the center field role is, is, is perfect for him. Awesome. Uh, I think that's all we got for you. Do you want to give us a quick preview of the, uh, of the game tonight? You guys must have been doing a little dance when you saw North Carolina beat Baylor. In round two, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but North Carolina's playing as well as anybody in the tournament. As we saw last night, these one seeds are going down yeah. uh, very quickly. So the seedings really don't matter at this point. Carolina's playing uh, as well as anybody, and they have like a hunger and kind of team of destiny feel. So this is, a, this is kind of a real coin flip game tonight. It should be fascinating. Enjoy it, Ben. Good stuff. Thank you, Ben. Enjoy Philly, and we'll talk to you down the line. All right, my friend, say travels. Thanks. Thanks so much, you guys. Nice talking to you. Yeah, nice, nice talking, talking to you. Well, that, yeah. That's Ben Bolch. Covers nice of him to UCLA take some time away for us. Times, you know, yes. that's well, good. he's probably stuck in his hotel. Not yeah. much to do before the game, so yeah. why not? 
Trap of good games last night. I, I mean, I did not stay up for the Arizona game. I tried. Uh, I tried I, to. I, passed out. I basically was struggling to the end of the. Uh, In fact, I even looked this morning. Arizona lost. I'm assuming, right? They were down like nine. They did. They were down yeah. nine with two minutes to go, yeah. and I fell. Asleep. I woke up this morning, and one of my sons, who's uh, at home, I, I said, "Did Arizona? Because they can stay up. I can't. Did Arizona win? No, they lost it." Like wow, two no, two number ones. Are you like an Arizona guy because you're talking no, about the Cardinals? No. Okay. I, I like I said it before. I'm not a big basketball guy, but I do enjoy watching the tournament. That's that's that, that's my basketball. Miami got knocked out early. No, they did. They played tonight. Oh, do they? Oh wait, yeah. did, oh wait, did they advance? Yeah, that's right. They did yeah. advance. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I apologize for that. You're right. Good call. So at least I know that. Yeah, he's all pumped up. <laughs> good. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, um, they they got a good uh, now. It's, Okay, they got a good seed um, matchup for tonight. I'm trying to remember who they're playing. They're, um, help me out, Pearson. I'm looking it up right now. They, what is the it, schedule um, is. I have not uh, been locked into uh, the as much as I usually are. Oh, my God. What, it's, uh, it's oh, they have Iowa State. State. Yeah, that's what it was, Iowa State. I knew it was yeah. State something. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyways. Um, yeah, so it's all good. UCLA. Well, that's right. Miami beat Auburn. They had the upset of winning against Auburn. The, yep. Uh, yep. The two seed. That's right. Good, good stuff. Uh, UCLA. I mean, you know, this thing about these, you know, the out west, you don't, really get to hear a lot about these guys you know because of where we live on the east coast we don't get a lot of their games you know yeah i mean if you do you have to be late to watch them that's what i'm night saying games, so. it's just like ridiculous yeah the pac-12 hasn't been up really in recent years either so and we have to get our good night's sleep because usually sunday morning we're you know we're up and shining ready to go that's correct all right jeff um want to get to the calls let's open up the phones 201-939-4513 201-939-4513 hashtag giants chat um one thing I've been thinking about. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hold on. Schmelk is thinking. Hold the phones, Chuck. Before <laughs> we got to the combine, I felt it was very unlikely either Evan Neal or... Aquanu? Aquanu would get to the Giants, all right? And I'm still on the fence across right. Aquanu. All right. I also thought it was very unlikely that there would be a trade opportunity for the Giants. Now mm -hmm. I think there's a better chance one of those two guys would get there. The other part of it, now, with not only and I don't I don't think the Lions are going there, but you never know. The Panthers need a quarterback at six. Don't think they're going to go there because I don't think Matt Rule is going to put his job on the line for, for somebody a rookie that they don't really really want. Yeah, correct. You have Falcons at eight or nine. Let me just double check that. I think they're nine, and then the pick right after that are the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Oh, and here, right those here. two teams got it right here. Atlanta at eight, Seattle at nine. Atlanta eight, Denver at nine. No, Denver traded to Seattle. That's old. Oh, that's old. Yes. Um, so, along with the the boarding pass that was on it, that's yes. old too. <laughs> Please put that back. Thank you. Just put that these back are, on the table. These are the draft jumps. Yeah, I know. I'll get it fixed. Um, no, but I like. So now, if those two teams, and Washington eleven, by the way. If any of those three teams fall in love with a quarterback, is there a decent shot at a trade-up, a trade-back? Or the Steelers, if they want to get in front of those teams to get a Malik Willis? Or maybe the Chargers, in what's been an arms race in the AFC West, are saying, we need a right tackle so bad, we got to get one of the really good right tackles. So we got to move up to try okay. to do that. Do you think that there's a better chance at a trade-down and a better chance at one of those tackles getting to the Giants? It's kind of your thoughts on, on what the... What the horizon looks like. Well, like I, like I said yesterday, I, I, I still believe that just in recently in the last three or four years, there's people that get infatuated with quarterbacks. 
and it's just things change. And this is why I still I still think, like I said yesterday, that this could happen. And I do believe that if it does, one of those guys will be there. The one of those tackles. I think that because I think that the scenario that you set up. OK, well, we know that. So let's look the Jets now. Right. Well, the Jets. So the Jets might be the Jets might be one of the people that somebody goes up and trades with them first. We got to contend with them first, right? Um, but the Falcons are another team. We got the Seahawks, and and uh, Washington. We know is not going to do that. Um, wow! Did you say that the where where is Pittsburgh down here? Do you think? Oh, the Steelers are down at twenty, John. Yeah, that would be a huge jump. Oh, I don't mind. Yeah, it would be a huge jump. That's but that but that's why you're getting your number one next year. Yeah. And for what we talked about yesterday, about trying to think about next year, because we really don't care about this year, right? Same with the Chargers at 17. There's yeah. your one next year. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of possibilities. So you're saying Chargers come up and get grab one of the grab one of the tackles. You know, a move up situation, but not for a quarterback. Yeah. But you're probably not going to get as much then, because they're not going to be held up for a tackle. Well, you could hold somebody up for a quarterback. <sighs> I don't know. I'm, it's just, I still think that somebody's coming up. Whether who it is, I don't know, but I still think somebody's coming up. Malik. I think the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are my team. Do you think they have to come up or do you think they can like, wait there and pick? I think they're just, I think they'll go up and get them. Here's I, the problem, though. And I don't disagree. I actually think the Falcons are a good fit, too, because I think they're in total reset rebuild mode now. And you know, even, though, even though they've said that they're not, you know. Which, which is more reason probably why they are. Correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. You know, Malik Willis has some Michael Vick vibes to him. Mm-hmm. Shorter mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Dynamite arm. Dynamite athlete. Yeah. That's worked there before. Malik Willis checks every box you want from an intangible standpoint. From a business standpoint. I watched him earlier in the week. His high-level plays, Jeff, are, oh, my God. He throws one of the nicest deep balls you'll ever see. Like, yeah, like, like, on the like money, Russell Wilson. Just so, so on the – he's just a great deep ball thrower. Now, the stuff in the intermediate's a mess. Like, he throws it to the other team, doesn't read coverages. <laughs> That's the mess. You throw it to the other team, we got problems. He, he can't fit into small so – doesn't try to fit into small spots in the middle of the field. So there's a lot of work to do with the art of playing quarterback stuff. And it mm-hmm. makes sense. He hasn't played a ton, played a Liberty, all that stuff. But – He's the one guy I could see a team saying, all right, we give him a couple years to develop here, and yeah. you know whether he plays or not, just develop, that he could be like Kyler Murray type, Lamar Jackson type, you know, that type of dual weapon quarterback that can run and throw, but has the raw tools, if he could figure it all out, to be a dynamite even just passer of the football. What is Atlanta going to do? I, th- I mean, I, I, for the quarterback. That, I mean, they don't have one. Well, Mariota. Oh, that's right. They did sign him. Yeah. Okay. Well, big deal. <laughs> no, I know. Stopgap. That's all. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. So with, there you go. It's, it's the same thing with Trubisky and Pittsburgh. Stopgap. And you got Baker Mayfield too. That's kind of lingering out there. For the some question was him: Is someone going to want to take on his eighteen million dollar contract for one year? Do the Panthers want to do that again? I think that's the spot that makes sense. But they also have, like, no draft picks this year after their first-round pick. Yeah. I think their next pick after their first-round pick is in the fourth round. Oh, my God. Are you ser- Seriously? 
They pick at six. Their next pick is at one thirty-seven. <laughs> you can basically go out to lunch and dinner by the time your next pick comes up. No, you you literally just don't show up on Friday. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like you Goodbye. drive Thursday. See you Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna zoom in our pick. <laughs> We're not coming in. We're not doing this. Wow. Yeah, that could be a possibility too. I mean, because you know, obviously uh, Mariota is not a guy that you're gonna hold on for years to come. So, yeah. But uh, they can just sit. The, the Panthers can just sit right where they're at, if you think about it, because Jets, Yeah, Texans, the Panthers don't have to move. Yeah. But does the other team want to move ahead of the Panthers? That's the question. So that's the other problem, too. If you're well, the Giants, then you wouldn't be trading your seventh pick. You'd be picking trading the fifth pick. But you'll get more. Yeah, but you also might miss but you, out. But you're going to miss something. out on one of those tackles, maybe. Yeah, Unless if the Panthers don't pick a quarterback, they're picking an offensive tackle. 100%. That's the problem. Unless you get your guys down there and the Chargers that want to come all the way up and give you something for that tackle, which would be fun. I have yeah. A, I have a question for you guys. Yes, what do you got, Pearson? Uh, do you think the Saints are looking for a quarterback? It's a good question. I would they put just, them... They just signed him to a two-year. Well, I think Jameis is much like a stopgap the same way Mariota yeah. is, mm-hmm. the same way that um, uh, the, uh, Trubisky is. And I think the Saints are looking for a franchise quarterback. And the Saints are 18. Yeah, the Saints would be in the same conversation as the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, and the Saints have been a team that have been willing to wheel, deal, and move around, too. The Steelers have not shown that propensity. So, yes, great point, Pearson. I think the Saints could be another team that, if they see a guy they fall in love with, might make the decision, all right, let's go get that guy. But, again, I don't know if the love is going to be so strong that you go all the way to five or seven. What are the Texans doing? Mm. I think the Texans will go one more year with Davis Mills, stink, get another top three pick next year, and then figure it out. If they stick with Mills, great. If they don't, they pick their quarterback sh- next year. Go another year, stink. <laughs> oh, no. The Texans are going to stink this yeah. year. No, I'm just thinking it's just the way that you said it oh, was, yeah, was one, realistic, yeah, and two, just funny. Stink. All right, good. They're going to the stink. The Texans and Lions are probably not going to be good next year. Yeah, wow. I mean, and that's okay. If you're in a big rebuild, Jeff, well, this will be Lions' second year. You almost want to be bad for a couple years in a row because you get those high picks yeah. to get those foundational players. And while you and and meanwhile, while you're getting while you're stink, you're getting some good players because you're drafting where you are. And by the way, I don't think the Lions will do this, but I did think about this the other day too. And we'll get to your calls, guys. I don't want to make you hold too long. Sorry. Do the Lions say, you know what, the hell with it? And one of these teams that needs a quarterback. Trade back. Picks up the phone and asks for Jared Goff in a trade to be their stopgap. Like, you're telling me Jared Goff wouldn't be a huge upgrade for the Seahawks? I mean, Goff's better than Drew Locke. Panthers. Or the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And you say, you know what? You don't even pick a quarterback, too. You can <laughs> pick a quarterback and, you know, you're top pick in the second round if you want, whatever. And just say, you know what? We're going to accept the stink this year. We. <laughs> We like the quarterback class next year. We're going to get a third-round pick for Goff, let's say. Something like that, right? Third-round pick, give or take. And rock and roll that way. Very possible. They're going to stink, so it doesn't matter. You want Garrett, Jared Goff or whoever, doesn't matter. Like, does it matter at that point? Like, no. Does it matter if Goff squeaks out four wins or five wins for but you? What, what or is somebody Goff else wins cost two or three? A lot of money, right? What's Goff's base salary? Yeah, I bet he's more than 23. It depends, it depends how it's structured, but I bet you it's in the 20s 20, is my bet. 26. 
His base salary in 2020 is 20 points. 2022 is... That's issue, 2022, right? He has a base salary of only $10 million. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I did not look at this. Uh, they would have to take $41 million of dead cap. Oh, that ain't happening. To move him. Okay, we'll move on from that. <laughs> Yeah, that's but that that's, that's not good. That's probably not going to happen. No. no. <laughs> All right, scratch that. I should have looked at that salary number. That's before okay. I, talked about yeah. the I mean, hey, it is what it is. So. <laughs> All right, let's get to the phones. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Charlie in Portland, Maine, will lead us off. Hey, Charlie. Chuckles. In the house. Hey guys. <clears throat> hey guys, John. Hey, uh, I didn't see too much wisdom uh, leave you after you got your teeth out, so you're you're good. Yeah, I, I still sound like mushmouth when I try to pronounce <laughs> G's and like marbles S's, in his but mouth. that's okay. Yeah. Hey, I got to give a shout out to my uh, my friend Mick in Myrtle Beach, Florida. Oh, please! It was an excellent call. It was an excellent call. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, for one person and one person only. <laughs> wait, that wait, would wait, be what, you. What do you say? Oh, he was on the Charlie Total soapbox. It, there was throw up <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> is he a relative, Charlie? No. Do you pay no, him? Is he, no. is he on the payroll? No. No. Nope, I never. Nope. That's why I got to give a shout out to him. You were you were you were laid up, John. You would have been laid yeah, up after you, you heard listen. that call too. Uh, yeah, the guy was in love with Charlie. Absolutely. <laughs> was he? Was he like? Was was he like mentally? Okay? Well, you guys, you know, Charlie has some good points. You guys, yeah, you guys, fun to the show. You, yeah, exactly. And you guys don't treat him with respect. It was just all of this stuff that is exactly. not true. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so perfect that Lance was there. That's what <laughs> I know. Oh, Lance was yes. there. Oh, yes, great. All right, that makes me happy. Uh, yeah. How did he react to that? <laughs> Like I said, Lance was throwing up all over the place. He, was, he didn't speak because he had throw up in his mouth. All right, That's so, Charlie, let, let's try to live up to Mick's praise of you today with whatever your point is. Go ahead. All right. My point is, is look, someone's going to move up to get Willis. He's, uh, he's rising. This guy's got talent, and uh, they're going to move up. And what I say is, like, <clears throat> if we're going to take an o- offensive tackle at five, and we're going to have to pay the same amount of money for an offensive tackle. If we took a quarterback, we'd be paying the same amount of money because it's all flooded. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if this guy, I would take Willis in a heartbeat because I think he's going to be a really good quarterback and uh, he's got time to sit and learn. So I don't know if we're ever going to get this high again. Well, we might. But <laughs> Willis year, is but. a very risky pick, Charlie. Mm-hmm. If you want to just bet on upside and roll the dice, I get it. Um, but there's a chance he never figures out the you know art of quarterbacking and reading defenses and you know getting and anticipating and getting the ball into small areas. Like that's the hard stuff. You know the other. Out. You know the other hard stuff is: Are you more enamored by Malik Willis? Or are you more enamored by two of the quarterbacks that are coming out next year? Correct. That's what you have to look yeah, at. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's what Joe Shane should be asking himself, right? Right, right? What do I think of Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, you know, Ritter, all these guys this year? Compare, because everyone knows who's coming out next year. It's not a mystery yeah. compared that's, to the guys yep, yep. next year. But you don't know if these guys are going to get injured. You don't know if they're going to even be. That's true, too. You know, you know you, you, it's like the bird in the bush is better than the one in your hand or the, whatever. The bird in hand is, is, is better, actually. But <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. that's yeah, the one. Correct, yes. Bird in the hand's <laughs> worth two in the bush, right? Right. Hey, and I've. I've uh, some of the rumors. Some of the rumors, <laughs> I know you guys. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Charlie. 
I was going to say, some of the rumors, I know you can't confirm them, and I can't either, but they're saying that Bradbury looks like he's going to go to Kansas City and that a deal could be done by the weekend. I have not seen that. Uh, who reported that? Uh, Schaefer or one of those type of guys. Schaefer? Schrager? Not, no, what's the guy? Uh, you know, the guy on NFL. <laughs> yeah, Peter uh, Schrager. Adam yes. Schif- Schiffer or whatever his name oh, is. Oh, wait, Adam Schefter? Schefter, Schefter. that's it. <laughs> shift, shift maker. What am I? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure who's I, worse with names. I know. Feeble I was just going to say. <laughs> I want to. I want to personally apologize because I oh should not be God. laughing at anybody that's butchering names. That's my, my bad. Sorry about that, Charlie. <laughs> Holy jeez! <laughs> but it, but well, anyway, it makes sense he, because the Chiefs have more cap space now that they traded Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So that actually would make more. sense that they could take mm-hmm. some of that contract into their into their space. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that's a good place for him to go. So, uh, but. Um, like I said, I, someone's going to move up for someone's going to move up for a quarterback. I don't know. We probably won't get much, but um, someone's going to move up for a quarterback, and uh, so we're going to be in a good spot because you know it might be five that they want because they might want to jump ahead of uh, the Panthers. Um, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, I, I would rather take Willis myself and, and roll the dice with him. You think that the um, uh, you think the Falcons but, are a good team? That would want to move up there to jump ahead of the Panthers and grab them at five, or even to four at the Jets. That high? Yeah, I think I think the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks would be a good place for him because um, to me he's a Russell Wilson type of, course, of guy. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. you know, but we'll see. Hey, you guys have a great weekend and uh, John. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, I'm glad you're getting better, and I'll talk to you all later. Progress, progress progress for you or for Charlie saying I'll see you guys later and hanging up on himself that's pretty good I think that's progress on both ends <laughs> and that was that, that was that, that was actually a, a fairly intelligent call that was a quality now if, if Paul was here would have been all upset about even talking about quarterbacks well I think part of it was that Charlie came in with a lot of confidence that somebody other than himself actually likes him the power of confidence yeah that's good so <laughs> it proved proved good nice job Charlie go on with your weekend Willis is interesting because if you do buy into the high end play uh, yeah but that's gonna take Memphis. You, you gotta be patient, dude. Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. What about Memphis? What about it? Now where he played? No, Liberty. Liberty. Excuse me. I'm going to say Memphis. <laughs> like, say Memphis? Like, what You're the like, hell are you talking about? That's Memphis? yeah, Liberty. <laughs> okay. Is Liberty in Memphis? Who knows? I don't just, even know where Liberty's at. Just look at me like I'm crazy. Like no, what do you I'm mean Memphis. <laughs> but that that is a that is a big question for me. Is Liberty? Um, Liberty is not in the best whatever conference they're in. <laughs> they're I, I wish you guys could have seen the look on Jeff's faces. I'm, I'm like, like, what? Memphis? Yeah. I yeah, Memphis. I'm like, yeah. what? Memphis? Where is Liberty, by the way? Is it in D.C.? Is it? I, I believe that's a producer job to look that one up. Come Pierce on. said, check that out. And, and as he screens this call, and Pierce where said, do you think it is, John? where Liberty is. I think Liberty's around the D.C. area. That's what I'm thinking. I believe it's in the Virginia area, if I'm not, or Maryland. Liberty two areas. makes me believe it's somewhere near D.C. So, all right. And I and they were I, they're like in they're like one of those you know mid major type deals. I mean, he had two good years at Liberty. I'm just looking at his Lynchburg, Virginia. Virginia, yeah, there you go, close. Lynchburg. Hmm. <sighs> I'm looking at his stats here. Lots I mean, of... he's only played two seasons as a quarterback. He's thrown 640 passes. I mean, look, I get it. There's a lot of stuff there like. But okay. it is a high-risk draft pick. And it will require a lot patience. of patience. Mm-hmm. 
Like I'm talking, he might not be good until his third or fourth year. Like you could play him in his second year, but he's probably not going to be that good yet. It'll be a lot of like, you know, running around and, you know, off schedule and making plays he's with his legs. He's going to have to learn the game. And that's a good thing. He has the athleticism to still be effective as he's learning the art of playing quarterback. So maybe right? we should, maybe we should um, focus our attention on the teams that have a quarterback like we were just talking about, like a stopgap quarterback well, for Giants one or two Daniel years. Jones, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of other teams that have some guys too. But for a guy with that much projection and that raw, he's raw. Is that the seventh pick in the draft? Well, we will find out <laughs> in about a month, less than a month. 201-939-4513. Let's go to uh, Christian in Albany. He's up next. Hey, Christian. Hey, guys. Um, happy Friday. Just wanted to say, uh, you know, a lot of people say Giants fans will freak out if they don't get a tackle mm-hmm. in, at the top of the draft there. But if they end up with someone like Thibodeau and Gardner, I think those picks would really move the needle a lot because that's those are high-end players with that play at positions with a lot of scarcity. Sure. Yeah. So, and and they affect the passing game, and that's that's kind of the name of the game right now. So, I think I also think that the only reason in that scenario would be, I think, if both of those guys are gone, then you move you you segue into that that pass the defender and the pass rusher. Well, here's the thing: I think you, I think Cross you, will still be. There. I think you circle the guys that you say, all right, these are who I think the elite players are, right? Let's just say, for example, my elite, and I'm not saying this is my opinion. So let's say, for example, your elite players in the draft are Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Sauce, Trayvon Walker, Neil, Equanu. All right, so those six in there. Well, who's left? Right, that's the thing. Like if if Thibodeau and Sauce are the guys that are left, then you pick them. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think I think it's. It's, it's not unlikely that that could happen. And I think that people need to prepare themselves that if it does, it's not because they don't want to improve the offensive line and get a, a right tackle. They're just going to have to figure out if they want to take Charles Cross over a Thibodeau or a Sauce Gardner. That's really what's going to come down to. Because in my philosophy, just in this conversation, if those two tackles are gone, the next guy is Charles Cross. But is he a better pick than the two, the edge rusher or the defensive back? Right. We don't know that. Well, it, well, yeah, he doesn't seem to be as good of a prospect. But the interesting thing is, is if you only drafted offensive tackles when the the value actually met the need, mm-hmm. that would be great. But it seems like teams would never complete their offensive line if they always went by that. <laughs> yeah, because offensive tackles so are, are overdrafted to a point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so so you mentioned last week or sometime recently, you know, you wouldn't go like 15 spots jumping on your value board for the sake of completing your line. But how many spots would you go? I think it depends where the grades are. I don't think it's spots on the board as much as how different the grades are, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. if you grade one guy as future All-Pro or future Pro Bowl, which is a level lower, and you grade another guy as solid starter, I'm taking the Pro Bowl. But if you have one guy as good starter – one guy as very good starter, then, all right, maybe I'll just take the guy that's a little bit worse as the offensive tackle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's less slots as it is 
how good you evaluate the player is going to be. Because it, it might be tough to have them that close all the time to be able to make it easy on you to be able to complete your line. So, well, remember, remember you know, too, just, though, like you don't have to pick a tackle in the first round either. I mean, there's plenty of <clears> decent <throat> tackles that have gone at the you know top of day two that can help you. Like you know, Daniel Falele is he a guy that you think can step in and and and, and be a tackle that. for you? So, like that's what you know. It doesn't have to be first round. I do think it kind of has to be second round. Yeah. I think once you get into tackles in no the question. third and fourth round, I think you're getting into dangerous territory. And, and by the way, you know, remember where you're picking in the second round. Yeah, you're picking right at the top. So right. that's still a pretty a, good football player. It's a top 35, 36 pick. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, whatever happens, I just don't want to see them see reach too far with, a, with one of their higher-end picks because they definitely need those to hit. So. No, I'm with you. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Have a good weekend. Good call. Thanks for calling. Go to our buddy Len in Columbia, Maryland. Hey, Hello, Len. Hey, guys. What's up? How you doing? Having to, uh, having to follow an intelligent conversation by my good friend Charlie. Boy, that's that's a tough act to follow. Well, here's the thing, Len. Once we get Len, uh, I mean, once we get Paul and Lance off the show, we tend to get more intelligent people calling into the program. Charlie rises up a little bit. <laughs> a little less emotion. A little less emotion. No, a little less fear too. I mean, he fears when he comes on with those two guys because you know they're just. No, he doesn't him. fear. He has he has his poker out and he just starts <laughs> yeah, poking. Exactly. He he, he 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 takes his quarterback. He gets sidetracked. Stick, he takes his quarterback stick and pokes Paul. Right. And then he just does, does whatever he wants to land, and that sets Lance off. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, listen. First off, a couple of housekeeping items. Um, new coaches can bring the squad together as early as April 4th. Um, coaches who've been there more than one year have to wait another two weeks. Have we have the Giants made a decision yet? I'm sure they'll be in as early as they possibly can. I have not seen an official schedule yet. Me either. Okay. Okay. There was some, I thought I read somewhere a couple of weeks ago that, um, they, they had called a mandatory, um, session before the draft yes they they, the they can have a they can have a mandatory veteran mini camp i believe a week before the draft are they going to do that john present yeah i mean i, I would Why be shocked you? if they didn't yes yeah yeah because you're i guess they want to, yeah i i guess they want i guess they just want to get a look at these guys of course well, sure where they need to yeah, yeah one yeah. last I don't look blame them. i don't yeah. blame them i think that's a good move well, I think well, well the thing about this way like they might be debating how much of a need right, right. certain positions are yeah. and maybe they look at these guys in person like oh man we 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 really need the guy at this spot because these guys can't play like who well, knows yeah man, there you go it also yeah, gives, yeah, it also yeah, gives yeah, you three three days yeah, to interview yeah, the guys and get to know them a little bit mm-hmm Right, and and also who's in shape and who's not, you know that kind of thing. All that are they are they keeping? Yeah, all of that's important. So if they do that, I would I would think that's a pretty smart move. Um, hey Jeff, bird in the hand. Bird in the hand. We're two in the book. Hang on to hang on hang on to both those picks. Yeah, bird in the hand. Hang on to both those picks. When we get to seven, when we're sitting there at seven, we know who's there. If we trade back to twelve, we trade back to twenty. God forbid, that far. I don't want to go to we, twenty. We don't know who's going. We don't know who's going to be there. And, and look, guys, well, you're not going to yeah, take go a first round draft pick next year, though. Dude, I mean, if you go from five or go to seven to, I don't. What's the number? Seven to ten, yeah. maybe. No, oh. yo, you're not getting yeah. a first round pick going to seven to ten. No, you're gonna have to go to seven to eight. Well, maybe, maybe five to ten. You'll get a one next year. Maybe well, whatever it is. That's guys, what I want. A year ago, a year ago after the draft, 
we were putting the general manager on a pedestal for making a trade that was that was likely to get us something around 10 or 12 in the next year's draft. And we thought that was absolutely brilliant. Well, next year is high. It's here. And it's even higher than that. It's a seven. Let's pick somebody. Oh, I see what I you mean, said. the previous All caller, right. you know, threw out Thibodeau, Thibodeau and, and Sauce Gardner as possibilities. Heck, yeah, there's going to be a heck of a football player there. I would and, make and the argument, Len, guys, John, until John. you know you have the quarterback position set long-term, you should try to continually stack picks. Oh, man. John, we're sitting there at five. You recited them. Three offensive tackles. Take out the fountain pen. Get him to sign on the dotted line. Any one of the three at five. Oh no, Len! Look, Come if, on, if, these if, guys if, are these no, guys are dynamite players. Uh, no, no, no! Time out, Len. The, the, these are not top tier blue chippers. Now, they're not like uh, Aquanu has legitimate pass rush, uh, pass protection issues. Charles Cross comes from an air raid system that there are questions about, and Neil has some balance issues in the run game. So these aren't like Jonathan Ogden, Tony Baselli well, level prospects. Here well, is my point. Well. John, let's let's switch the narrative to the positive. From the negative to the positive. What do these guys bring? We know what they bring. No, Len, I, I know look, these Len, are going to be like terrific. I think and I think these three. I think you know, spoken like a fan who has struggled <laughs> for ten years with the right tackle position. It's just time to get this done. No, Len, I I agree these, with you. I don't you. think they're going to, John. I don't I don't think they're going to fail. Any one of those three. You, you want to bring up the deficiencies? We can talk about the deficiencies. We do that every year. But it's time to, it's time to start thinking about Len, I agree what the with positives you. are. But let's say, again, I'm taking worst-case scenario here. Rush you. I hit the cough button. Nobody heard it, Jeff. You didn't have to say bless you. Rush you again. <laughs> Very smooth as always. Um, <laughs> um, all right. I agree with you, and I'm going to have a hard time passing on Evan Neal if he's there. I'm 100% with you. And by the way, there's nothing to say that you can't get one of those guys at seven if you don't get him at five either, mm-hmm. by the way. But my point is, fix the offense line, that's great. Let's say this year Daniel sustains another injury. He misses eight games. You hand the next year, you have no extra draft capital, you have no quarterback, you're picking ninth, it's a two-quarterback draft, you have to move seven picks to go up. And you don't have the capital to do it. Having the good offensive line means squat if you don't have the quarterback. John, it sounds like the same narrative that you gave me right after the draft last year. And you told me, boy, we got that seventh. If, if, Daniel, doesn't, if Daniel doesn't work out this year, we got the seventh pick, we can pick a quarterback. But there isn't any really I mean, you good told me that, how, many, how long are we going to go with that narrative? Yeah, but we know that there's no, better no, quarterbacks no. next year. How long year? are we going to wait How it's long a simple are we question. Wait Until for? you have a quarterback. Yeah. Until well, you have a quarterback. How long have we been trying to fix that offensive line, John? I understand. Len, it doesn't matter if you don't have a quarterback. And, Len, you can well, still pick an offensive. You have two picks. You can still no, pick I'm the not tackle with the, the other I'm one. not with John. Come on with the second round. You know where the better players are. No, Len, are. you have a pick at five and seven. You don't have to pick him in the second round. Pick him with your the first round pick. What, what, I'm sorry, I missed the last part. No, what, you what could pick you? the offensive tackle with your other first-round pick. You could do both. You could still get your tackle, oh. and you could trade down. All right, all right. Well, I, well, you want to trade five, John? I'm open. I'm uh, depending on how the draft oh, goes. I'd be open. Ryan, what happens if there's two tackles available when you get the five? 
I can skip what, one of them at seven. What, what happened if Aquanu and Cross are both there? And I just traded my five for down to eight. If those two tackles, if those two tackles are there, John, you're guaranteed to get. So, I don't want to be so naive as to say flip a coin. I'm not going to say that, but I'll be happy as hell if those two guys are there. Well, at five. But you can exactly, get, but you but can get them at two at picks later. Then you're going to get one of them at seven, Len. Yeah, yeah. That's well, my what point. What are you doing at twelve? What? 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 All right. If someone's let trading me, up to five, no, let, 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 let me start over. If someone are you, trades, you're going to get me. If right. someone you're tra- going to get me a tackle. You're going to get me a tackle out of either five or seven. Yes. Is that yes. what you're telling yes. me? Yes. Correct. I'm a happy man. Okay. So then we all win. Well, but, okay. but, well, but don't be not happy when the five I'm, trades I'm, out. I'm and we trade out of the five because we're still going to get a tackle at seven. But uh-huh. we just. We, we're well, st- yeah. But oh man. But, but we're only trading. I don't trade- know. I don't we're only trading out of the five if we know that we can get one of those tackles at seven. If somebody comes to me with something really good at five. Right. Hey Jeff, give me the, Jeff, give me those magic words that I started off with. <laughs> bird, bird in the hand. Bird in the hand. No, but Len, we'll have a bird in the hand at seven. Here's the thing: you aren't projecting four or five picks down the road here, so you know there's only one more pick, and okay. if you know the team coming up is picking a quarterback, okay. right? And there's two okay. tackles left that you like, you know, yeah. there isn't any magic spell where both those guys can be gone by the time you pick at seven. It's a guarantee. Okay, so when we hang up today, we're gonna we're gonna have an offensive tackle at either five or seven. Yes. Well, that's good. That's well. good. Then we then we take it from there. Now, kind of. What are you What <laughs> are you hoping to get, John? John Absolutely. and Jeff. What are you hoping to get at five? Or are you using that as a chip? I, see, I don't want to use either of those picks as a chip and, and trade and trade back. Just depends. Come on, on. we there's football players there. Real-life football players Here's the there. point. What happens if the players that are at 7 aren't much different than the players that are at 15? Or 10, even. There are some teams oh, wow. that like see, Trevor. I, see. No, but well, Len, uh, that, that's what this draft listen, class January, is. When you had Pauline on say, in January. Len, I've been said, saying this for two months. This draft, draft class is not heavy at the top. It's a very flat class. So there's not well, going to be much difference between Trevor Penning at maybe 14 or Charles Cross at seven or eight. Oh, I'm not a big Penny fan. You know, that. not in the first round. I'm not a big pick, Penny fan in the first round. He, you get out to the second round. I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, he ain't going to be uh, there in the second round, my friend. No, I, well, okay. If you want to, you want to pick a guy in the twenties. You want to pick Penny in the twenties, and look at the film against Youngstown State and Sacramento State. How about the and, film against and and, and St. Thomas? And one of the uh, four schools in the Dakotas, um, in Northern Illinois, um, when none of those, no players from any of those schools were at the combine, pick Penny. But I'm not going there. How about all the top five power conference guys he did well against at the Senior Bowl? How about his game okay. against you Iowa there. State? You were there. You can vouch for it. I, I got you. I got you. You can, you can vouch for that. I, 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 I don't know. Right. Small school guy. Certainly not top ten. Oh my goodness! Please listen. Nose tackle. I like. I like. I like the Ellis signing. I. That's a big man. Holy cow! <laughs> he, I mean, he is huge. Problem with Ellis, Jeff. You know, as long as we, as long as he plays fifteen to eighteen plays, we we got to get a starting nose tackle. 
I mean, maybe it's the guy from UCLA. Uh, you were talking with the UCLA guy today, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, or the California guy. I don't know if he was oh, specifically Tito UCLA. Oh, Bonia. But about UCLA, and, and they, got, they got a nose tackle. I mean, or, or the kid from Arkansas, Ridgeway, the big man from Arkansas. Um, man, we we got to get another nose tackle. No, that, I think that, Wink that. knows that. I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, I mentioned, I don't, I don't think you were on, John, but Jeff might remember this. I thought we might take a run at Brandon Williams. I know it's only one year. I mean, I know the guy's 33 years old. He's been around for 10 years. But that is, he's been with Wink for a long time, and he is one heck of a... He's he's one heck of a no. What kind of a money do you think he's he would want? Well, that's that's yeah, right, right. But you know, he, uh, you know, Len, you he's go back and the big. But Jeff, he got the big contract. Sure, he did get the five year. Yeah. He, he's coming off a five year deal, which is the one after his right. rookie deal. So, well, I think that you know, when you look at what go back and look at what Joe Shane has signed all of these free agents to, they're all minimum deals because that that's the only thing they could give them, you know. Yeah. So, I, I understand. Yeah. I un- and then, I'll, then I'll finish up real quick. I understand where we are on the money deal. Yeah. But oh man, I'd be disappointed if Bradbury goes. I, I really will. I think Bradbury's just, just a, just a terrific player. Yeah, but you and, know what, Len? Where, where, where are they going to find their money? They got, they got to get twelve know, to fifteen million coming up I, I in a it. month. I get it. So. I get it. Now remember, if we get a fourth round pick, it's not a true fourth round pick because there are those eleven comp picks. That come at the end of the third round, that really pushes yeah. everything back just a little bit. Yeah, you know, and if the picks. trade is, yeah, you know, if the trade is to one of those people who have a who are trading us a, it's uh, like that every year though. That is anything unique to this year. Well, uh, well, I'm just reminding you that it's it's not really, uh, you know what I mean. It's halfway through another round. I'm exaggerating. It's not quite close to. But if but if the <laughs> team but if the team is drafting late in that round. Yeah, and your pick—it's even worse. I mean, you're into the fifth round. Well, yeah. I mean, the the key is what pick number it is, not what round. You may not have a choice, really. You know, you're at the uh, mercy well, of whatever yeah, somebody's going to give you. For, maybe, maybe, maybe we maybe we just have to bite the bullet and so forth. But if we're going to trade them, I hope it's a third rounder. I, I just feel, you know, fourth rounder is wow. We almost gave them away. Thanks, but maybe Len. we're forced to do that. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to me. I appreciate it. You're appreciate welcome. It, man. No As always, Len. We love you when you call in. Thank you, man. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too, Len. All right, let's get uh, wrap it up here. We got two more calls. Uh, Avi and Nutley's up next. Avi, what's up? Avi. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? Man? Good. Happy good. Listen, um, a quick thing. Um, do you think that Detroit sold on Jericho? Because I'm thinking that's a spot that, you know, they could go in and, and pick one of his quarterbacks. Yeah, you know I don't think that two overall, I'm, I'm not going there. Je- Jeff thinks it's more possible than I do. I, I, I just. Would you be. Uh, they uh, aren't good enough. It would, it would it surprise the heck out of you if it happened? Yes. Y- it would. Yes. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. You know why? Because it's like, you know, look what the, um, the Rams traded to Detroit for, you know, for Stafford. You know, even though Gafford. Um, Goss actually helped them get to a Super Bowl. They traded for him, plus they gave him a first-round pick and everything. So I'm like, you know, to me, I don't think they're set at quarterback there. So for us, you know, for either Neil or Iquano, that's what people keep missing. You don't draft guys out of need, people. You draft (laughs) them because the player is good enough. I understand that. I understand that. But the bottom line is that, you know, Quarterbacks is like like everybody said. Every year a quarterback gets hot for whatever reason, and you know they think they're the next thing. 
but nothing. Um, another thing is this. Um, when it comes to the Giants drafting, I'm hoping that we don't draft a quarterback just because, like you said, just to draft a quarterback like some people be calling in. And and let's just draft a quarterback. we got to get away with a quarterback because right now the Giants have a lot of holes, right? they got to fill, and I think they got a, they got a big opportunity to fill the holes that we have right now. But I don't want them to just drop a quarterback just to put him back and be another Kyle Lawletta or another Davis Webb when they could have used that pick to actually solidify another hole on the team. What do you think about that? I I think you're I think you're right. I don't. I mean, again, I mean, you know, why, why? I don't think they're in a position to draft a quarterback right now. If you, want to, if you like a guy a lot and he's sitting there in like the end of round three and you want to do it, all right, cool. That that's fine. But to but me, but is it worth it? I, one of these days, I'm going to take the time to go back and count the number of quarterbacks that are picked in round three or later, and how many have amounted to anything. It's such a shot in the dark. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be more. Yeah. More that have not made it than have made oh it. Oh my God! It's, 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 probably, it's probably like a. 10 and then again, with the Giants, like you know, they're set at quarterback for this year, and, and you know, that's what I'm saying. So I, I would rather save the pick and use it where some. Where, uh, let's just say it's a third round now. I and then I would save the pick and and draft yourself a tight end or draft yourself a wide receiver somewhere something exactly. that you're going to need that that, pl- that, that player is going to contribute. <laughs> To your rebuild immediately, right? If you, a third rounder is playing, he's going to play. Definitely, definitely. And I'm okay to trading back either one or you know five or seven, depending on what we get. Obviously, who's that, who's there? But you know, depending how far back we get there too, because I think that you know we kind of set a quarterback for this year, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Because if next year we able to get another another one, then you know you go get the quarterback. If uh, you know you want one of those quarterbacks for next year or anything. Yeah. Like you said, you know, if you build your team the right way and you're a quarterback away, you feel a certain type of way for a quarterback that's coming out, then you go just go get it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just like y'all saying. But nothing. Thank you for the time. I appreciate you're it. Welcome. And, you know, y'all always do a great show, bro. Thank you. And I'll tell you what, and even, even if you were going to try to draft one of those quarterbacks, there is, there's only two or three this year. They're all going to be gone by the time you get to there anyways. Yeah, I mean. Right? Not that you, I mean, I. It's it's so it's so tricky because you don't really believe any of those guys are are your going to be your future. I'm more convinced we're going to have one in the first first top ten now. I think we'll have one in the top ten. Malik Malik Willis is the guy. I think. I I, I just feel from See, athletic. I feel like uh, yeah, point. but Kenny Pickett's pretty polished, right? Like yeah. Kenny Pickett's going to be okay. Like he's going to be an okay NFL quarterback. He worked at a pro system at Pittsburgh. He might His be production. He might excellent. be a perfect slot at Pittsburgh at where they're at, right? At 19, 20, wherever they're at. And my guess it. is you'll have one team at the end of the first round pick a third. They'll trade back in to get him to, to get trade the up fifth year or, on the quarterback. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, and you, you know what? That fifth year makes it, it that's a big difference. You know, you get that extra year of the guy, and you can basically... Especially for quarterbacks, like developmental quarterbacks, it that's matters. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then you have the ability to either take the option or not, like Daniel Jones, right. you know? And then I think you'll probably have another two or three in the, in the second round. Yeah. The guys are Pickett, Willis, Corral, Rid, um, Ritter, Ritter, Carson Strong, mm-hmm. and I'm missing one. Well, that, that's, that's enough. I mean, one that more, gets you, I think that, that gets you three really in the first like round and two in the second or third. So, um, yeah. But with the, with, back on Len, real quick, what we were talking about there is that we're only doing what we described. It's if, if we, if we, if one of those tackles or two of those tackles, well, listen, two of them are going to be there. There's going to be two, two tackles that we're going to, the Giants will be able to take at seven. 
Well, here's the thing. Most likely. Not necessarily. Not what necessarily, happens but if, I mean... What happens if only Charles Cross is left at five? Okay, so then... Oh, at five. What happens if two of the first four picks are offensive tackles? It's not impossible. I think that now you... Well, like I said before, now you've got to make a decision whether you think Cross is better than Sauce Gardner or Thibodeau. Right, but what if you get a godfather offer for the fifth pick? It's got to be your godfather. Well, what if, what if you don't think What's Charles Cross is great? What's a godfather? Like, are you talking one next year and a two? Yeah. Let's say you're getting a one out of two. Two this year, one next year. And you get the other team's first round pick. So let's say you're moving back to Pittsburgh, right? Okay. At 19, whatever they were, right? Yeah, or the Saints, right? Yeah. Like 19, yeah, 20. Yeah. You're getting there two this year. You're swapping in the first round. Okay. And you're getting next year's one. Now I have six picks in the top 100 and a first round next year. Dude, you have four picks in the top 36. And you're one next year. No, I'm sorry. Four, you would have four picks in like the top 50. And an extra one next year. And maybe you'll get another four or something like that too in the mix. Something like that. And, and listen, the godfather is, is the, the thing. It's got to be that good. And, may, and maybe I'm even shortchanging a little bit. Maybe I'm not giving enough. But if I'm, getting an, if I'm getting another top 50 pick this year, I'm moving down 10 or 12 slots. Where, by the way, go get your starting left guard. You want to fix the offensive line? Go draft Zion Johnson at 19. Boom. Plug, play, forget. Yeah. You're and, fine. That, and that would be right around where a center should be taken. Or maybe you Jeff Lindebaum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what Take I'm saying. your pick. Yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just not so certain what's going to happen at the quarterback position for the New York Giants in the next 12 months. And then I want to be able to next year. Well, we just don't know about Daniel Jones we don't this know. year. That's the thing. But here's the thing. Let's just say that Daniel Jones is what everybody thought Daniel Jones was. A good quarterback. Oh, Sam Howell was the other quarterback, by the way. Sam Charlie Howell. Yeah, from UNC. Yes. So he's good. He all of a sudden shows up, new system, plays his butt off, stays healthy. They get him a new contract. And now next year, you still have a number one. Two number ones. Right. To build... Whatever you want to do, I, just I, those are valuable. I, 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 so I don't know. I'm always gonna be in favor of trading down unless there's a you know future Hall of Famer there sitting for you. Correct. And I just don't think I agree with you. I just don't think there's any of those guys this year that I feel that somebody can come out and say this guy is that generational player that we've right. talked about. I, I just don't see. Like it. I don't see a Jamar Chase in this draft. No. Nope. Right. Nope. Nope. Or I don't Bosa. see a Miles Garrett, a Bosa, a Bosa, you know, back in those, yeah, Chase Young, Mm-mm. no, like I don't. Or you don't, you don't see, you don't see any quarterback for that matter, no, <laughs> Josh Allen, no, no, or any not. of those guys. So. I mean, if Michael Parsons is in this draft, he'd be a top three pick. Well, he'd probably be the number one pick now that we know how he played. <laughs> well, I mean, take, yeah. take that out of yeah. it, right? Even based on how he was graded last year, he'd be a top three pick this year. I remember Sean Spencer telling me about him. I mean, he was just like, we got to do everything to get this guy. We got to do everything to get this guy. Penn State coach. Remember Coach Spencer? Yeah. Um, but hey, that's all right. Anyways, it's very uh, very exciting to talk about it. Yeah. I do have one more caller, Jeff. I yeah, want to get go. it. So let's go yeah. to Montreal, Miami. Montreal, what's up? Hey, Montreal. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Good. Uh, uh, doing, doing, doing awesome. But I have a quick question. I'm trying to understand. Uh, I know a couple, actually a lot of people, 
uh, have Iguanu rated higher than, than Charles Cross. But when I look at the film, it looks like Charles Cross' film is better. Uh, Iguanu, uh, even in movement skills during the, the combine and pro day, uh, Charles, Charles Cross just looks so much smoother and his movement skills look better. And the corner looked more of a guard to me. He, he gets flowers by it. Like his, his, his feet and movement is not as good. I mean, no, so, I, I mean, mean I, I, that would be a problem in the NFL, right? Aquanu's a much better athlete than Eric Flowers. Um, I agree that Cross is the better pass protector right now. And I made the, I don't know if you listened to the show yesterday, Montreal. I kind of went into work. this, right? Yeah. You know, I think Cross is the better pass protector. Uh, Aquanu, no doubt, is the more powerful, tougher, and Chiseled. better run blocker. <laughs> I think he's more physically mature. I think Aquanu, as a person and his intelligence, is off the charts good. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes you believe he can improve on the areas of his deficiencies. Sure. Yeah. And again, Cross comes from a system where you haven't seen a lot of other great offensive linemen come out of. So that's kind of the mm. differentiation there. So with Bobby Johnson working with him and, and all the other guys that's raving about him, such as Pro Day and all those sorts of things, what? Do you really feel? I don't know. Do you get a feeling that they might they might like Charles Cross better than Iquano, even if Iquano is there? I have no idea. It's hard to think yeah. that they would, but based on really? who this front office and coaching staff has liked on the offensive line in years past, they're much more in the powerful, tough, raw ability guys than the more um, you know technique athlete type guy. You know what I mean? I just don't oh, want to have to worry about that okay. guy either. I don't think Aquanu is a guy that I can just put him there and just leave him for 10 years and forget about him. He's going to be fine. Yeah, and by the way, if he doesn't work out a tackle, uh, he will be an all-pro guard. Yeah. Aquanu. Cross does Absolutely. not... Absolutely. And Cross Absolutely. does not have that position flex. And the other part of it, too, okay. Cross has never played right tackle before. Right. Aquanu right. has. Okay, and how so about that, this? So that, that's another comfort level thing with Aquanu. And how about Aquanu? Aquanu, you get him... Put him at right tackle. He's not. We. You feel like okay. You know what? Then next year, <laughs> if it works out the way that we want it to work out, and we get another number one pick, and uh, you know, there you could you could get yourself another tackle next year and move him into guard. That it could always happen. You know, who knows? And again, but Montreal, I agree with you. When I just watched the tape, I did like Cross a little more because he was a better pass protector. But the other factors with with Equan who have made me kind of rethink my evaluation a little bit. Oh, okay. Understandable. All right, appreciate it. That's all I had. Have a good weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. Much, Jeff, final thoughts right. before we say goodbye? Um, I just know that there's three there's three tackles there. And now, so you're sold on Cross <clears throat> as a guy that's worth picking at five or seven. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, you know what? I am. That's fine. So am I. I, I would rather not pick him at five. Uh, to me, five, I don't get the Tino in you with this. They're two picks apart. I know. Um, What's the difference? No, the difference is that I I, I would like to, rather than me go get him at five, because I don't think anybody below me is going to get him. The Panthers need an offensive tackle, dude. But they're they're below me at six. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm so sorry. If you I'm don't, sorry. If, yeah, if you don't pick Cross at five, then the Panthers uh, could take him at six. Well, it depends on what they do between now and then, I guess. But, True. Um, 
I, I'm just still I'm still trying to move my picks to get me some capital. That's, oh that's, no, that's no, that's fine. That's the only thing why no, I'm that, saying that's okay. I get why that. I wouldn't pick him at five. Like if somebody comes with that Godfather pick and I was thinking about taking Cross at five, I, I'm gonna go ahead and just defer to the Godfather and give me, give me, give me, and then I could take him at seven. But I see your point. What's the difference? Two picks. I mean, geez. I mean, it's not like, you know, he's going to be playing with two legs at five and only one at seven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's not a big difference. That's the only reason I said that no, was just that to try sense. to get it. Right. That, but I'm with you. It doesn't matter. Two picks. Who cares? Yeah, because Paul said, like, oh, I'd be comfortable taking him at seven. So why wouldn't you be comfortable taking him at five? It's <laughs> I would I would be fine at five if I didn't have a godfather pick and I could trade down and somebody's going to give me a lot. I would be okay with it. Yes, I would. That's the only reason I would. But I want stuff. <laughs> I, want that, I, I want that cabinet to be want full. Stuff. stuff. <laughs> For Jeff Fields, I'm John Schmelk. Enjoy the NCAA tournament this weekend. Thank you, weekend. everybody. And uh, enjoy your weekend. We'll be back on Monday at noon for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. And remember, go to the Giants Little Podcast. You have some good episodes up there. And subscribe to the Draft Season Podcast feed and check out uh, the draft analysis from Tony Pauline, Eric Crocker, and myself. For Jeff Fields, I'm John Schmelk. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.